Blog Talk Radio. Well, good morning, everybody. I didn't shake your hand for service. I'll try to get it after service. Amen. But it's good to see you in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. Well, let's stand together. Let's take our songbook. And let's turn over to number 113. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, perfect delight. Visions of rapture now burst on my sight. Angels descending, bring from above. Echoes of mercy, whispers of love. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission. All is at rest. I and my Savior am happy and blessed. Watching and waiting, looking above, filled with his goodness, lost in his love. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Well, amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. All right. Thank God for you. Thank God for you being here today. And I hope the Lord blesses you. I hope the Lord speaks to your heart today. I hope you feel like you've been in church when we leave here today. Amen. Have we got any prayer requests this morning we need to lift up in prayer? Uh, I have one. Um, I have one for sure. Um, Ricky, right up here on front row, his mother passed away, and we're having a funeral tomorrow at two o'clock. Brian Gibbs Funeral Home in Paris, and uh, you're you welcome to be there. And if you can't be there, please remember us in prayers as we as we uh, conduct the services tomorrow, and uh, remember their family in prayer, please. Any other requests this morning? Yes, Miss Charlotte. Okay. Yes, pray for her, her neighbor Winona. Others? Okay. We ain't got nothing to pray about too much this morning, huh? I guess everything must be pretty good. So. All right. I I just want you to I want you to remember to pray for me. I want you to pray for um, 
Delhi Baptist Church in Delhi, Texas. Two weeks from two weeks from this morning, I'll be down there. So uh, I'll be there Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, Lord willing, unless the Lord extends it and we stay longer. But we're hoping that we're hoping God has His way, no matter what, and hoping that God moves and touches lives down there. And uh, and Lucas will be here uh, and preaching in my place while I'm gone. Spoke to him last night, talked to him a little while, and they're doing good. And I was glad to hear that. He said he'd been working plenty and things were, things was pretty good. So. So anyway, that's a blessing. All right, give you one more shot. Anybody remember anything they'd pray about? Well, let's 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 go to the Lord in prayer. Let's ask God to meet with us this morning. Let's pray for our nation, folks. Let's pray for our nation. Let's pray that this election uh, works out. You know, and God gives us God gives us a little more space. That's all I'm asking. That God gives us this nation a little more space to repent. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Robert, lead us. Amen. We got we got a special song we got to sing because I was told somebody in here's got a birthday tomorrow. I got to find that person. I don't know where they're at. Let me see. Well, she disappeared. Happy birthday, Kayla! Let's sing to Kayla this morning. Y'all ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Kayla. Happy birthday to you. Amen. You're going to be nine years old tomorrow? Yes. All right. I'm telling you. Yeah, you'll have to get your own place pretty soon. You're getting so old, I'm telling you. <laughs> be graduating before we know it. Amen. Well, praise God. Let's sing again. Number 124. 124. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully <coughs> gracious? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you walking daily by the Savior's side? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? 
do you rest each moment in the crucified? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? When the bridegroom cometh, will your robes be white? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Will your soul be ready for the mansions bright and be washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Lay aside the garments that are stained with sin and be washed in the blood of the Lamb. There's a fountain flowing for the soul unclean. Oh, be washed in the blood of the Lamb. Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Amen. It's the only way to have your sins cleaned away from you. Amen. No other way to remove the stain of sin than with a staining agent. Amen. Isn't that something? It takes a staining agent to make us as white as snow. You look at any detergent commercial, and they'll tell you blood's a staining agent. But that blood washes white as snow. Amen. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. 302. 302. And thank God he loves me. Amen. Jesus loves even me. I am so glad that our Father in heaven tells of his love in the book he has given. Wonderful things in the Bible I see. This is the dearest that Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves even me. Though I forget him and wander away, still he does love me wherever I stray. Back to his dear loving arms would I flee. When I remember that Jesus loves me, I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves even me. Oh, if there's only one song I can sing, when in his beauty I see the great King, This shall my song in eternity be. Oh, what a wonder that Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves even me. Amen. Aren't you glad he loves you? Praise God. Amen. Turn over to 100. 100, the lily of the valley. The bright morning star. 
I have found a friend in Jesus. He's everything to me. He's the fairest of 10,000 to my soul. The lily of the valley, in him alone I see. All I need to cleanse and make me fully whole. In sorrow he's my comfort. In trouble he's my stay. He tells me every care on him to roll. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. He all my griefs has taken and all my sorrows borne. In temptation he's my strong and mighty tower. I have all for him forsaken and all my idols torn. From my heart and now he keeps me by his power. Though all the war forsake me, and Satan tempt me sore, through Jesus I shall safely reach the goal. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. He will never, never leave me, nor yet forsake me here, while I live by faith and do his blessed will. A wall of fire about me, I've nothing now to fear. With his manna he my hungry soul shall fill. Then sweeping up to glory to see his blessed face, where rivers of delight shall ever roll. He's a lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. Amen. Never had a friend like Jesus. Praise God. Sweetest thing I've ever known is my relationship with my Lord. How great thou art, 
We truly serve a great and mighty God. Amen. It's good to be in church this morning. I'm so glad to be here with you. Amen. Take your Bible, turn to John's 17th chapter. John, the 17th chapter. We'll pick up where we left off last week. Give me just a second to find that. John, the 17th chapter. And if you if you need reminding, I don't know that you do, but I'll just try to help you out just a little bit. We are in the high priestly prayer that Jesus prayed for his disciples on his way to the Garden of Gethsemane in the dark of night, the night of his arrest. From where he's at right now, they've stopped, they've stopped somewhere in between the southernmost gate and the Garden of Gethsemane, somewhere in the Kidron Valley. They stopped in the moonlight, and Jesus has raised his hands toward heaven, lifted his eyes toward heaven. I say raised his hands. I don't know that he raised his hands, but he lifted his eyes toward heaven, the Bible tells us. And he began to pray to the Father for his disciples. I'm sure it had been quite a night. I know it had been quite a few days. They knew... Because he told them what was about to happen. And in their minds, they're trying to learn how to deal with it. I mean, it's it's one thing to hear him say it, but to start to see it happen, it's another. You know, you can talk about something, oh, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, but when it's something that's 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 hard to, to go through, no word sometimes can prepare you. And when they began to get in this moment... Jesus went to the Father on their behalf because I believe most certainly because they couldn't do it without him. They couldn't do it without the help that Jesus was asking the Father for. They needed that strength. They needed his power. They needed, uh, they needed his intercession. And, I, and as we get into this, I want you to realize this. I want you to remember this. He ever liveth to make intercession for us. So there's not been a moment of your existence since you came to Christ that Jesus has not been on your side, that Jesus has not been there helping you and ever-present help for you moment by moment. Though sometimes we can feel as alone as can be here on this earth, we're never alone. We we got a song in our book, as a matter of fact, that says, no, never alone. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone, and he won't. And as he begins to pray this prayer, we'll look there in 17, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and he said, Father, the hour has come, it's time now. Glorify thy Son, that the Son also may glorify thee. It's time for all of the things that have taken place. It's time for everything to come to the one moment of fruition, to, to the fulfillment of all of that you have said, Father, that all of you have promised is going to come true when I go to that cross and I lay down my life and I shed my blood on their behalf and I become the sacrifice for sin. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, 
that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. God wants us to fully know him. He doesn't want us to have a working knowledge of him. He doesn't want us to have some sort of relation to him. God wants us to have an intimate working relation with him daily. God wants us to always be near in thought and in word and in deed. God wants us to live and move, as Paul said to, the, to, to those in Athens, he wants us to live and move and have our being in him always and be conscious of that and have that realization as we go about our life, as we go about our day, that we are in him as believers. He said in verse 4, I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. He did. He did everything. He accomplished everything. He fulfilled everything. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Jesus Christ expressed who the Father was to his disciples. He showed them nothing more than who God is. He did nothing independent of the Father. He did everything dependent upon the Father. He asked the Father for everything. He humbly submitted himself to the will of the Father. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Now, they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee, for I have given unto them the words which thou gavest to me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. Now I want us to look at verses 10 and 11. We'll stop there. We'll pray, and we'll get into the message this morning. <clears throat> Jesus said in verse 10 and 11, And all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father in heaven, Lord, I come before your throne. I need you. Lord, I need you. I pray, Father, that the Holy Ghost of God might fill me, empower me, control me, speak through me, use me. Lord, I pray for cleansing. I pray, Lord, that you would clean me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet and fill me likewise with your spirit. Lord, I know I can do nothing. I can say nothing. 
Lord, nothing I do or say is going to have any impact without the power of the Holy Ghost. And I pray for, Lord, that power to rest on me and use me and work through me. Lord, I pray for every single person that's seated here in this in this auditorium this morning. Lord God, I pray, Father, that, Lord, you work in their lives personally today. Help them to realize the closeness we have with thee. Lord, help us to realize just how much you truly love us. Father, I pray that somebody here in our midst is not saved. Lord, I pray this be the day. Lord, if somebody listening in to us today is not born again, I pray today be the day. Father, you have your will and your way done. Father, your work be done. Lord, I pray, Father, that, Lord, I would not hinder you in your work, Father. Please use me as an instrument in your hand, and we'll give you glory. We'll give you praise. We'll thank you for who you are and what you've done and what you will do. Thank you, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, we're just going to cover two verses this morning. John 17, verses 10 and 11. And he said, All mine are thine, and all thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, and they that they may be one as we are. All right. Well, the first thing I want to do is look at this first statement that Jesus makes here. He says, all mine are thine, and, all, and thine are mine. Okay, what's mine is yours, and what's yours is mine. That's exactly what Jesus is saying. And what this is, this is, this is another claim where Jesus claims equality with the Father. Okay? That he, he's saying, you know, as he said back in, in John chapter 10, I and my Father, what did he say, are one. Amen? So he's, again, re uh, emphasizing that claim to his disciples as in prayer. He's saying, you know, by, again, like I said, what's mine is yours, and what's yours is mine. He's claiming again, he's claiming equality, and he's claiming unity with the Father. Let me say to you this morning, I know you know this, but I think it's worth saying, I think it's always worth saying, anyone who tries to come in to, to you and say, I believe in God, but I don't think Jesus is God, they have no idea who God is. You cannot be a believer in God and reject his son. I don't care who you are. I don't care what ethnicity you, you claim to hold. I don't care if you are, are a Jew of all Jews. It doesn't matter. If you reject the son, you cannot believe on the father. It doesn't matter what you name yourself as. You can say, well, I'm of this or I'm of that. It doesn't matter. Amen? You cannot separate the two. And Jesus made it emphatically clear in this scripture. Amen? What we need to understand is what, what belongs to God the Father belongs to Jesus Christ. All mine are thine. And thine are mine. You know, that's the way a marriage is supposed to be. Amen? The Bible, what does the Bible say? A man shall leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. Amen? One flesh. I've seen it illustrated where a man preached on that, and he brought a, a piece of three-quarter-inch plywood to the pulpit, I mean to the platform, and while he preached on marriage, uh, marriage and divorce, he, he had his deacons with hammers and pry bars try to separate 
the plywood. Just to show that it, it, when things become one, it's impossible to separate them. What did he end up with? He ended up with a bunch of shards of wood all over the platform. A mess is what he ended up with. But God gave us marriage here on earth to illustrate this point of us becoming one with him. Amen? All right? So, and I'll give you an example. You know, there's times, there's times when you get married that you forget that you are one flesh. You know, I, I remember right after me and Stephanie got married, well, not right after, but for a while after, I'd say something about my house, and she'd say, whose house? That's our house. That ain't your house no more, right? I'd say something about my truck. Well, she'd tell, she'd remind me, my name's on the title. <laughs> it's, it's, it's ours, amen? I, don't own, I, I do not own personal property anymore, Amen? Not a thing do I own that's all mine because she and I now are not two separate people anymore. We have we have come together to bond a holy matrimony and we are one flesh. Amen. So God is trying to God gave us again, He gave us that illustration to help us to understand the relationship we are to have with Him. But it's not just the relationship we're to have with Him, it's the relationship that the Father and the Son have as well. Now this concept, listen to me. It's, it's what's known as, as compound unity. That's a big term. Compound unity. The Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost are a compound unity. Amen? They are three persons, but yet they're one God. We don't serve three gods. We serve one God, but yet he's three persons. You cannot separate those out. Amen? They are inseparable. You can't just worship God the Holy Ghost over here. You can't just worship God the Son. You can't just worship God the Father. They all come together, amen? They all are one package, amen? So Christ wants us to understand that. What's his is the Father's. What's the Father's is his. And that's what he means when he says, all mine are thine and these are mine. But he's talking to the Father concerning the men that the Father had given him out of this world. We belong to the Father. That's what he said. He, he said, you've given, he's given us to him. Amen? And again, I'm not trying to teach you some kind of Calvinistic message. I, I don't see it that way at all. But, but what Christ is saying here is, is it's, very, it's very deep stuff. Because you've got to understand where Christ comes from is from an eternal perspective. Amen? He's seen it all. Amen? He was there with the Father in the beginning before the world was, and he knows the entire thing from the, the end from the beginning, as we've said week after week. We belonged to the Father, and the Father has given us to the Son. Okay? You say, how did we belong to the Father before he gave us to the Son? Again, the Father knew before the time before time began that you, if you're saved today, He knew that you would believe on His Son once it was revealed to you that you were a lost sinner, that you needed a Savior. That you, He knew that once you were you were uh, uh, approached by the Holy Ghost of God with the with the truth of the gospel, that you would you would come and believe on Christ, that you would turn to Him, and that you would uh, that you would put that faith which He gave to you. 
And by the way, you don't come up with faith on your own. God hath given to every, the Bible says God hath given every man the measure of faith. Every person on this earth has a measure of faith given to them. Some take that measure of faith and they put it in the federal government. Some people take that measure of faith and they put it in themselves. Some people take that measure of faith and they put it in a make-believe God they call Allah. Or a make-believe God they call uh, Vishnu or, or Shiva or, 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 uh, or whatever they want to call it, Buddha. They, they take that measure of faith and they put it in something. But God has given every one of us a measure of faith. And what you did with that measure of faith when you heard the gospel, you took that measure of faith which God gave you and you put it in Christ. And you became a living soul. Amen? <clears throat> so, we belonged to the Father. And the Father hath given us to the Son. So the Father didn't lose us when he gave us to the Son, did he? <laughs> no. Because they still belong to the Father. Amen? We still belong to the Father. All mine are thine. I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. I was going to talk about my little girl sitting right there, but she ain't here this morning. She's back in the nursery. She had an accident. <laughs> but And I don't like to think about it. And I, and, I know, and I know Robert here, he don't like to think about it either probably, but someday we're going to have to walk them little girls down the aisle to some old knot-headed boy that we don't really trust. <laughs> and they're going to ask us, who gives this woman to be wed? And, and, and re very reluctantly, we're going to say this, her mother and I. And then <clears throat> we're going to take her over there and we're going to hand her off to this old boy. And, from the, and in just a few moments, she goes from being my precious little sweet daughter who's always been right there by my side and been my buddy and done everything alongside me, and I just love her more than I can even begin to tell you, and she's going to go from being that person to being his wife. But you know what? Can I ask you a question? Will she stop being my daughter? I ain't lose nothing, did I? Even though I gave her to him to be his wife, I still have not lost my daughter. So I don't. I, that, that's 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 the kind of thing we're talking about here. When Christ says this, all mine are thine, and all thine are mine. And by the way, let me say something to you here this morning. It should be that way with the things that God has given to you. Has God blessed you? Has God given you some things in your life? Okay, well, let me, let, me, let me tell you something. Those things still belong to God. Just because God blesses you with a home, just because God blesses you with a spouse, just because God blesses you with children, just because God blesses you with some money in the bank, vehicles in the driveway, and, 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 and blessings in life, don't think that those things don't still belong to God because God has blessed you with those things. There's nothing in this world that doesn't belong to God, just so you know. He created it all. It's all His. We've just been made stewards of some of these things. Amen. As we stood up here last Sunday after church, and we held, I held my baby daughter, and, 
and we dedicated her to God. I wasn't telling her, God, I'm going to let you have her. He already had her. She's his. All I was doing was acknowledging, God, I understand that she's yours, and I want to say publicly that I'm letting you have her. And even though I didn't give her away, she's still mine. But all mine are thine. Amen. That's something we need to think about as we go about through life. Am I giving God what belongs to Him? Am I giving Him back what belongs to Him? Or am I hoarding what I feel like belongs to me? Jesus said, all mine are thine, and thine are mine. And notice the next thing He said. He said, and I'm glorified in them. I'm glorified in them. Now, I want you to notice the preposition. Christ did not say, and I am glorified by them. No, he said, I'm glorified in them. So how is Christ glorified in you? Well, as Paul was writing to the Galatians in chapter 1 of of Galatians chapter 1, if you want to turn and look at it, I'll give you just a second if you want to turn over and look at it. We're going to see how Christ is glorified in someone. Galatians 1, 21 through 24. Paul said, Afterwards, I came into the regions of Syria and Cilicia and was unknown by face unto the churches of Judea which were in Christ. They, didn't, they, they wouldn't have known him from Adam. He, he, they'd never seen him before. But they'd heard about him. Said they had heard, but they had heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preacheth the faith which once he destroyed. And they glorified God in me. See that? There's that word. There's that preposition again. They glorified God in me. He said, they know me. They had no idea what I looked like, but they sure heard about me. They sure heard that I tore up churches and threw people in prison and and made people's life uh, uh, miserable. Why? Because I hated Christ. I hated him. That's where he was at before he got saved. I mean, he stood there and held them coats while they stoned Stephen. Why? Not because he hated Stephen. He hated Christ. But not anymore. And when they saw... When when they when they got to know him when they when 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 he came down and he preached Christ and they and they saw that this this can't be the same man there's no way this can be the same man who once took our brothers and sisters and threw them in jail and hated them with a with a bitter hatred and now he's lifting up the name of Christ and preaching salvation through the blood of Christ there's no way this is the same this is not I mean it's the same man but there's no way something has happened there's a change. We know what the Bible says. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Totally different. Not the same at all. He's a new creature. Old things are passed away. This is gone. Behold, all things are become new. So when a person comes to the Lord Jesus Christ, when a person gets born again, There's a change that takes place. There is a change in your life. You may not, I mean, listen, you're not going to be perfect. You're not going to do everything exactly right from that point forward. But there is a difference in you. 
the, the, the animosity you used, to, you used to have toward the people of God and the house of God and the things of God, it's not there anymore. The indifference, hear me now, the indifference to heaven and hell, the reality of eternal life, it's no longer an indifference anymore. Does that mean you're going to be on fire, ready to run up from doorway to doorway telling people about Christ? It takes growth as a Christian to understand our responsibilities. I understand all that. I get that. There's a thing called sanctification. But there is a newness in a person when they get born again. There is a change that takes place in them, in their heart, in the inside. Their desires are different. Their love is different. He said, they glorified God in me. The root of the Greek word for glorified is doxa, doxa or doxa, which is to praise. That's where, again, we get doxology, which is the study of praise. And, and again, that song, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him, all ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. You know how they do it some places, but... I'd say amen anyway, but but that's where we get that from, to praise. And as Jesus is glorified in us, others will be led to praise God for what he's done in us. They glorified God in me. Why? Because they saw this has been, there's been a change. It's not just that Paul came in talking about a change that took place. They could see the change. They realized when this man walked in, this is not our enemy. This is a man who loves God, and because he loves, and because he loves the Lord Jesus Christ. And when, he, and when we realize he loved the Lord Jesus Christ, then he loves us too because we, know, we love the Lord Jesus Christ, and we have fellowship and communion, and we, we, can, we, can, we can relate on the same level with everything because we have the same love. And you know, over there in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 through 17, where, where God's talking about where the Lord's talking about, come out from among them and be you separate and touch not the unclean thing. Why? He said, but what concord hath Christ with Belial? You know, what communion? What, what, what fellowship? Well, we have that once we're in Christ. Once we, ha- once we know him, we, we have that. We didn't have that before. And when we see that in someone else, when we see someone, listen, when you come across somebody, and I know some of you have had this experience, you knew somebody in the past and you knew what a mess their life was and maybe you hadn't seen them in a while, a few, a few years, and you run into them and they're totally different. Why? Because they've gotten saved. Maybe you know somebody that that's happened to. Somebody, I mean, they're as rough as a cob. You know, somebody you'd never expect would get saved and they get saved and you run across them and it's like, wow. You know what you do? You glorify God in them. Because you see what happened on the inside. You say, wow, only God could do that. Amen? That's what Jesus is saying. I took a bunch of rough old fishermen, tax collectors, people that nobody else would have seen much value in, just rough old dirty fingernails. I mean, rough as a cop. I'm talking about guys like used to work down at the pulpwood yard when I was a kid. Rough old boys. You know what I'm saying? Oil field workers today. I mean, you can compare them to, to, to anybody who, who busts their knuckles and lives in a hard place and works hard for the living. 
got calluses and, like I said, old rough knuckles from having done hard work and, and scars on them. God, God didn't go get the lily-white, lily uh, sparkly-clean, soft professors to lead around. No, they couldn't have done it, first of all. They wouldn't have done it, and they probably think they could have done it. Jesus was a man's man. Jesus was a manly man. And he called on some rough old manly men to follow him. And you know what he did? They, he turned them into godly men. The change that took place in them walking with Jesus was dramatic. Jesus said, I'm glorified in them. I'm glorified in them. You know, Peter, if you think about it, the night he stood around the fire and he denied Jesus, what did they say to him? What did one of them say? Your speech betrayeth you. You're trying to act like the world, but you can't even act like the world because you're different and we can see it. You're trying to pretend like you don't know him, but we know you know him because we know who you are. We can see it in you. When Christ comes in, you can't fake it. You are who you, you are a new creature. Amen? <coughs> but when, when he's glorified in us, others will be led to praise him. Other people say, man, I want to praise God for what I see he's done in your life. We ought to strive for that. You know what? We ought to strive. Listen, it's not for me. I don't want to be, I, I'm not trying to be a better Christian so I can look in the mirror every day and go, boy, you're something else. <laughs> and that'd be horrible. You're just trying to be a good Christian so you can look in the mirror and tell yourself what a good Christian you are? That's a horrible way to do things. No, I don't want to brag on myself. I don't want, I don't want to pat myself on the back. You know what I want? I want to just live my life for the Lord Jesus, and I want other people along the way to say, wow, I see Jesus in that guy. I see Jesus in him and, and the things that he's doing. That's what I want people to see. And I know that's what, I, that's what you want people to see. And I want that for you. I want people to see in your life the Lord Jesus Christ and be, and be able to say, well, praise God for that person. Praise God. I, lo I love being around them because every time I'm around them, I, I feel like I'm in the presence of the Lord because they just, they've been with the Lord. I can tell they've been with the Lord. It comes through in the things they say. It comes through in the way they act. See... Christ wants that. He, 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 wants, he wants us to express him to other people. I mean, that's something he truly wants. It's a good thing. John 3.30, you know what it says, what John the Baptist said? He said, he must increase, I must decrease. That's a goal you ought to have every day of your life. I want to get out of the way and let Jesus shine. I want to guard my mouth if it ain't something that's going to glorify the Lord. Because when I speak, I want to speak something that, that lets the Lord shine and not, and not me. <clears throat> Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 10 through 12, the Bible says, when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that do believe 
because our testimony among you was believed in that day. Wherefore also we, we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and ye in him, according to the grace of our Lord, I'm sorry, of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, he's coming. He's to be glorified in his sight. We're to glorify the Lord. We are to give him glory with our life every day. So listen, and, and you know what? He said that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and ye in him. God wants to be glorified, period. When you and I get out of the way and let God work through our life. And when we and when I say that, let me let me be clear what I'm what I mean. <clears throat> when I say let the Lord come through and let the Lord be seen and let the Lord be glorified and magnified in our life, I do not mean that we're just exemplary people as a rule. I mean, listen, we, we ought to be we ought to be good upstanding Christian people. But we don't do that unto ourselves. We do that by following his example. Well, what did Christ do? Christ went to those who needed him and he lifted them up. Amen. He went to them and he showed them the love of God. He showed them that they he showed them their sin and he showed them that he was the way. Okay? And he lifted them up out of their sin. If we are to give God the glory, if God is to be glorified in us, then we must be obedient to God's will. That's what Christ was. Christ was obedient to God's will. So it is definitely God's will that those who need him most get gone to and and, and that they get told that Christ is the way of salvation. It's essential that we as believers who carry about in our bodies, in our beings, the dying, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ every day we live, everywhere we go, it's imperative that we share that with those who need him every day. I mean, every opportunity. It's imperative that our lives glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we're here. Okay? Can I add this to you too? Father, all that the Father is belongs to Jesus. All that the Father has, all that Jesus has, belongs to the Father. Well, we're missing one part, and that's the Spirit of God. Where does He dwell? He dwells in us. Amen. And we're in Him. Amen. If any man be in Christ, we're in that. We're a part of that. Amen. Listen, He lives in me. But you know what the problem is? Sometimes people bring a reproach upon the name of the Lord Jesus. That's the sad part of it, amen? I mean, we are to glorify Him. I want to glorify Him. You, you probably say, I, I want to glorify Him too. The problem is, sometimes we mess up and we bring a reproach on His name. <clears throat> How do we do that? Well, we, we, we represent ourselves as Christians. People know that we're Christians. But you know what? Sometimes a Christian will cheat somebody out of something. I've known some 
I've known some uh, some Baptist preachers that were used car salesmen. That's not a good business being if you're a preacher. <laughs> Amen. Being a, being 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 a used anything salesman, I don't know if that's a good idea for a preacher. But I've known some who were pretty slick car salesmen. You don't want to be somebody who someone cannot trust. You don't want to represent the Lord Jesus Christ as being somebody who's trying to take advantage of someone else. <clears throat> Getting ahead in this life ain't never going to come by taking advantage of somebody. Let God open those doors of opportunity for you. Let God give you what you need. Let God provide for you the things that you need. Don't don't ever rub God's name through the dirt to benefit yourself. But yet sometimes people will do such as that. And then the name of Jesus is cursed. The name of Jesus is a reproach. Why? Because of them. Amen? We don't ever want to do that. Amen? You know, the Bible says in Proverbs twenty-five, twenty-six, a righteous man falling down before the wicked is as a troubled fountain or a corrupt spring. That's like, that's a, you see a cold fr- a fountain gurgling up out of the ground and it's clear water, but you get over to it and it smells like a rotten egg. You ain't going to drink it. Looks good, but they ain't going to drink it. Why? Something wrong there. Amen? And you know what? We ought to be a spring springing up into life eternal, but when people get around us, if they smell a foul odor or something ain't right in that life, you know what? It, it destroys what ought to be a testimony that leads unto salvation. Are you glorifying the Lord? Is the Lord Jesus Christ glorified in you? That's the question. Is your life, believer, listen to me. I'm talking to you personally, and I'm talking to me too, because when I point to his finger, there's three more coming right back this way. Are you glorifying God with your life? It's a simple question, and only you can answer it. I can't answer it for you. Only you can answer it. But I can can tell you this. If you go to God in prayer and you say, Father, please... Let me know if I'm glorifying you with my life. It won't take long. He'll tell you. God will tell you. But we need to be careful. We need to be careful. We need to live and seek to live that the name of Jesus be glorified. And I got to hurry. And he says in verse in verse 10, let me get back over where I'm supposed to be. I'm sorry, in verse 11. He said, and now I am no more in the world. John tells us that he was in the world, and the world was made by him, but the world knew him not. He was a stranger in the very world that he created. They looked on him like he was an alien. They, they looked on him, uh, who is this and where did he come from? He came into a world that he made that had gone so far from God that they didn't even recognize God when he showed up. You talk about a corrupt old world. We're living in it. It's always been corrupt. Amen? Ever since Adam sinned. Listen, it's always been corrupt, and it always will be corrupt until God makes all things right. Jesus came into the world, the Prince of Peace. He came into this world, and this world had already crowned another. They crowned Satan. But he made it clear to his disciples he's going to be leaving. He's leaving this world, and where he was going, they couldn't come to. 
He told him in a short while, the world would see him no more. And then he told him, he said, I'm going to my father. And if you love me, you'll rejoice about it. I'm going home. I'm going back where I came from. I'm going back to my father. I'm going back to the glory that I used to have with him. His ministry to this world has come to a close. He won't be walking around the villages anymore, healing their sick, raising their dead. He won't be doing that anymore. He won't be he won't be climbing up on the hillsides and his voice roaring down in the valley. It won't happen anymore. He won't be there preaching to them about the kingdom of God anymore. No, now I am no more in this world. But he says, but these are in the world. These men who stand there huddled around him in the dark, they're going to be living like, living like strangers in an alien world without him by their side, and it ain't going to be easy. And he knows that. <clears throat> they're going to be living in a world rebe- in rebellion against their creator, and it's going to be hard on them. And he knows that. He knows that this world is going to hate them, and this world's going to persecute them. Because this world does not want God to rule over it. They don't want, this world does not want Jesus. This world, because it doesn't, they look upon those who love him and cling to him, and they look upon us with hatred. Jesus said, I'm praying for them. Father, I'm praying for you to strengthen them. I'm praying for you to help them because this world, this world ain't no home. This world's going to put them into prison. This world's going to kill some of them. <clears throat> and he has two requests for them. Number one, he says, keep them through thine own name, those whom thou hast given me. Keep through thine own name. Proverbs 18.10, the Bible says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it, and is safe. The name of God expresses the character of God. His name is Jehovah. Jehovah God, merciful, gracious, long-suffering, abundant in goodness and in truth. Jesus asked him to keep them. Keep them. Keep them in your mercy. Keep them in your grace, Father. Be long-suffering toward them, Father. Be forgiving to them, Father. And let them know of your goodness and your truth. What makes me feel good to know Jesus prays like that? Amen? That wasn't just for these guys. He's praying for you like that. Maybe you haven't thought about that lately. You say, well, I, don't think, I don't feel like nobody prays for me. Oh, yes, they do. I don't know. I've heard people say, I'm going to get so-and-so to pray for me. Ain't nobody pray like them. Oh, it's somebody pray better than them. Amen. <laughs> you know what? you got the Spirit of God in you, and the Bible says that when we don't even know how to pray as we ought, he utters groanings which cannot be. He goes to the Father with groanings which cannot be uttered. And we got Christ sitting right there at the right hand of the Father to ever intercede for us. Hallelujah. And I want to close with this thought. And this is what Je- and this is what Jesus said. I'm, I'm telling you, He said that they may be one as we are. 
one of the great desires and prayers of Jesus for his people, for his church, is that they might be one. Now, let me, let, me, let me say this before I go any further. I am not, for one second, recommending that we yoke up with heresy. Not for one second. <clears throat> but I'm going to say this to you, and I, and I am independent Baptist to the core. <clears throat> but we're not the only people that are going to heaven. <clears throat> we're not the only Baptists that are going to heaven, for sure. We're not the listen, I, I expect there's gonna be some Methodists in heaven. I figure I figure there's gonna be some Presbyterians in heaven. There's gonna be some Pentecostals in heaven too. They might even be they might even be somebody gets to saved under the Catholic Church. Just uh, just you know, the Bible I mean the Bible didn't say it, but there's an old colloquialism that says every now and then a blind pig finds an acorn. Amen. <laughs> Is it possible to sit in a Catholic church and get saved? If you got the Bible in your hand, you read it, sure. I think you ought to come out from among them and be separate, but that's neither here nor there. What I'm trying to say to you, I don't base fellowship by the sign you put on out front. I base fellowship based on what you believe in this book. Now, let me say this. I I wouldn't dare let somebody who didn't believe like we believe behind this pulpit. No, I wouldn't dare do it. But that don't mean if I'm sitting in a doctor's office, Next to a Pentecostal preacher, me and him can't sit there and fellowship over how good God is. There was a time I, I'm just going to share a few thoughts on this, and then I'll close. I ain't, I'm not going. I'm not going to drag it out no further. I remember years ago, I was working at Paris Ford when it was there on the loop where the Nissan place is now, and they was we were standing outside the manager in the finance office. I was selling cars, and I was standing in the hallway. And I got to talking to this man, and he was a preacher, pastor of Lifeline Worship Center in Reno. And they're non-denominational Pentecostal type church. And we're standing out there, and, and he, he starts talking about God, and I'm talking with him. And he mentioned something about the Holy Ghost. And I said, yeah, man, I, I believe in the Holy Ghost. I believe in the power of the Holy Ghost. I said, but, you know, I, I said, we can't do anything for God without the power of the Holy Ghost because we can't do anything in our flesh. We've got to have God's power to do it. And, I mean, we're just talking. I'm not, I'm not getting off into charismatic stuff. We're just talking about the fact that we need the Spirit of God working in our life to, 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 to show us the word, to truth and lead us into all truth and all that. And the man called for him, and he said, he said, come on in, we're ready for you. He said, hang on, man. Me and this Baptist preacher out here don't found some common ground. I'll be here in a minute. He got so excited. That me and him got on the same page. He didn't want to leave it. When I was a kid, we went to church. Every now and then, we'd go and visit my stepdad's mother's church, Church Christ. I don't believe Church Christ doctrine. I believe somebody believes what they preach in that church, they're going to split hell wide open. Because it's it's on Christ alone. That's salvation. Christ alone. You can't that, listen. We we baptized my grandkids last week, but I ain't gonna tell you for one second that I believe that anything in that Clarksville water has saving power. Matter of fact, I stood in the man's yard over on Twelfth Street, the Church of Christ man witnessing to him, and uh, I was trying to get him to see that. And I said, I'm gonna tell you something, man. I said that Clarksville water. I said, you think that's gonna wash your sins away? He said, man, don't drink it. Don't drink it. 
don't drink that stuff. Oh, it's nasty. I said, and you're telling me that wash sins away? And he went, huh. It hit him funny. He, he didn't have an answer for it. And pretty soon we was fellowshipping over what Jesus did. Now, I can't yoke up and be one with somebody who believes in baptismal regeneration. No, I can't. But what I was saying, we used to go to that church. But you know what? We visit every now and then. Just just being nice. But his mother who his his mother who church Christ her whole life. She always had a gospel tract on her dash. It was John R. Rice, sirs, what must I do to be saved? <laughs> kind of funny, a church of Christ woman passing out independent Baptist gospel tracts. You know what it tells me? She believed in salvation by grace through faith in Christ alone, or she wouldn't have handed that out. Now, it's not my desire. It's not my desire to want to be hanging around with somebody that's going to argue with me. I don't want to hang around and argue with nobody. It ain't going to do me any good to argue. You'll never argue somebody into believing what you believe. You can't do it. Nobody's going to, you're going to argue. I'm not going to argue in, into an agreement. But here's what Paul says. Paul said in Ephesians 4, 3 through 6, we should, we should be endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, even as you are called into one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all who is above all, and through all, and in you all. Now, I can't, I can't unite and feel like I'm one with somebody who doesn't believe that Jesus Christ died for sinners, paid the sin debt, and it's finished. Okay? If you believe anything less than that, we can't be as one. Okay? But if you believe anything more than that, we can't be as one. But if you believe that all you need to do in order to be saved is to understand that you are a lost sinner, and the only way you can understand that is by the Holy Ghost of God revealing to you that you are a lost sinner. Otherwise, you'll never see it. But once the Holy Spirit of God has shown you that you are a lost sinner, the only way you can get saved is then by turning to the Lord Jesus Christ and kneeling before him, whether you kneel physically or whether you kneel symbolically in your heart, you kneeling to him and submitting to him and receiving the salvation that he provided, that he paid for on the cross of Calvary by his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And if you have believed that, if you have truly believed that, and you know that your sins have been forgiven, then we can fellowship. doesn't matter what your name is. doesn't matter what you call yourself. If you truly believe that, we can fellowship. Amen? And we need not argue over the things that we don't agree with. We need to revel in the things that we do agree on. Christ said, I mean, this is the Lord, this is not me, that they may be one as we are. Jesus wants us to cling to one another who believe in salvation by grace through faith. That doesn't mean this Baptist church unites in an ecumenical efforts all over town with every denomination because we're not going to do that. But I can tell you this, we can be kind and loving and, 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 and helpful in, in word and deed to those who are our brothers and sisters in Christ. 
personally. Again, we're all members of his body if we're in Christ. We're all going to be in heaven together someday. I'm not telling you to compromise what you believe. I wouldn't dare tell you that. But I'm going to tell you this. We don't need to have such a narrow view that we can't love others who believe in the same salvation we have. We're brothers and sisters. And Christ said it as we are. That's what he wants us to be. He wants us to be able to fellowship because we're brothers in Christ as we are, as he and the Father fellowship. Compound unity. That's what he's talking about. Many members, one body. What's his is the Father's. What's the Father's is his. You know what? He wants us to be a loving family. He wants us to be a kind family. He wants us to be a family that accomplishes things for him. He wants us to be a family that gives him glory and is glorified in him. Let's, let's, let's seek to live our lives to bring glory to the Lord. And not, not just in here. We all come together as a church family. Hey, I'm all for us glorifying, worshiping the Lord. But it's when we leave here. It's when we go out and you go, you go to your home, you go to your neighborhood, you go to your store, you go to school, you go wherever you go. Wherever you go, you're representing Jesus. You are a picture of Christ to the world. You are an unopened Bible to the world. And if they know that you are a believer, then you know what? It's imperative that you let them see Christ. Let's stand together. We're going to have a song of invitation. If the Lord, if you have something you need to pray about, won't you come to the altar? Have a word of prayer. If you need prayer, we'll pray with you, whatever your need may be. But let's not waste it if God's dealing with us this morning. Let's not waste this time. Let's do business with God. Number 313, we're going to pray and then we're going to sing. Father in heaven, Lord, we ask you now, work in our lives. Draw us to being what you want us to be. Father, help us. Do the work that needs to be done now in this invitation. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. What a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrow share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Amen.
I appreciate your attention, and pray the Lord bless you this afternoon. And uh, hope you'll be back here with us tonight at six. Let's go. A little, any word from anybody before we dismiss? Yes. I, I thought about something. Uh, Regent's sister needs life-saving surgery. She's and I think that she knows it's just a matter of time, but there's only four surgeons in the United States that do it, and three of those have passed away. Oh, boy. And the only other one that does it um, doesn't take her insurance. And the one she's seen says they're not even they won't even touch it. It's a very, well, anyway, it's ridiculous. The sister is honestly any day. Mm. I've been praying for a long time about to send her out first, and she hurt. What's her name? Carol. Carol. What's the last name? Wood. Carol Wood. Church, would you make it a matter of prayer to lift up Carol Wood? Prayer. Pray for her. Pray for her healing and pray for her salvation. Amen. Amen. Listen, as we go about our way, let's 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 be mindful of that. Let's keep that, keep her on our on our prayers. I mean, in our prayers and on our lips. Amen. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Be dismissed. I'll see you back here tonight at 6. All right? All right. Tony, dismiss us. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for the message we've heard. We pray for the ones that we've heard.